0: Welcome to another episode of Dying for Midnight, DFM. Be mindful of your surroundings while tuning in. There might be a fellow listener, and they're a lot closer than you think.
1: hot in here I had too much cocaine. Hey there DFM fam welcome back to episode 39 or what we like to call Joe Spinell is my kind of paisan and I drink wine while I say things like that in American Italian. Uh, Carrie the first showing of the movie that we're chatting about tonight was on October 9th 1982 at the Sitka's Film Festival in Barcelona and really is a love letter to film festivals in general. The film that we're going to chat about was released theatrically about 10 months later in July of 83 in the U.S., released as another title. And this one we both enjoyed, did not have a wide release, and eventually, as we all know, came out into the VHS market. Uh, Carrie, this movie starring the man of the hour or the 75 minutes however long it takes us to talk about this movie um lovable guy the italian guy joe Spinell, with some flair Joe Spinell. if i think of a word joe spinel it's flair and one horror queen carolyn monroe um this movie's been described many different ways uh and Barcelona came out as the last horror film. And yes, that's what we're talking about. And in the U.S., it was initially known upon its release as Fanatic, And that's what we're seeing in the opening of this movie. And when you go to Amazon <laughs> and you want to stream this and you say, Hey, Amazon, Biatch, get me the last horror film. It's going to bring up a picture of Joe Spinell with the iconic Shattered glass in hand, and it's going to say fanatic on that little thumbnail. Um so let's be clear, that's one and the same thing as I'm sure most of you guys have put together already. Uh Carrie, what subgenres were how do you describe the last horror film? What I'm, what does this fall under? I mean, obviously this is horror, okay, yeah. but what what about this movie? It,
2: it's like a dream within a movie. You know the movie with Gene Kelly singing <laughs> in the rain. He's dancing in the rain. He's knocking on doors. Hey, Billy. He's dreaming.
0: Dancing in um, the rain, Billy.
2: It sort of feels like that old Hollywood movie type dream sequence.
1: Wow. Um, so the legendary Gene Kelly may just haunt us tonight for this comment, Gary. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's not the same, but the dream sequence idea is the same.
1: Um, I think for the first time in the history of Horror Pods, we've compared a Joe Spinell film to Singing in the Rain.
2: Well, you also have a dream sequence in Oklahoma.
1: Now
2: we're The ballet it. dream sequence. So...
1: <laughs> oh, I would have paid anything to see Joe Spinell do, do, do ballet. Do
2: ballet dream sequence.
1: Especially with the way that he envisioned himself as a woman within mm-hmm. the... Is it a strip club or was no? It wasn't a go. See, I still got Grindhouse on the brain. It wasn't a. It wasn't a go go. Now they were at Whiskey a Go Go. Yeah. this Film, but that's not where that one. He decided to molest the dancer with the pasties on her. Oh hips. my goodness, yes. So um, which was so wrong? Before I go on a pasty rant, Carrie, okay. give us a quick spoiler warning for this last horror
2: film. So, as you all know. We are a full spoiler pod. So if you have not seen this movie, you might want to hit pause, watch the movie, come back. Come back and listen.
1: Oh, you know what, Carrie? I think we better be a little quiet. The male wolf is napping currently. Take the package over there for male wolf. Yeah, the envelope. Oh, let's hear what Jake the Midnight Traveler has to say about fanatic.
3: Case and Carrie. Every person has rules, rules that are put upon them from birth or created by the person themselves and applied to the world that surrounds them and are rarely ever broken. However, there are always exceptions, as rare as they may ever be. Bonsoir, Miss de Bollicks, Amis de la Frayère. It is I, Jake, the Midnight Traveler. Here again, to do a bit of the same old, same old, but at the same time do something quite different that we usually don't really manage to do most of the time. Now, don't worry. We sure as shit aren't covering anything like sparkling vampires here. or at least I hope not. <sighs> but I will be laying something down here that I rarely will ever put down when it comes to films. Intrigued? Well, I hope so, because this week we take a look at the until very recently overlooked piece of work from 1982, ominously titled The Last Horror Film. Thankfully for the rest of us, the title proved to be false, and many more great and not-so-great horror films were made and released. There was much rejoicing. Now, This film was one of the assignments that I had when I agreed to take on this prestigious role here at Dying for Midnight, as it was one of the several on the season guide that I had yet to see. True, I'd heard of it, but at this time I could no longer resist it, as this was now something that the job called for. I knew that it was another pairing of Hammer legend Caroline Monroe and the sweatiest Italian man in the world, Joe Spinell, thus reuniting them after making the classic Maniac from a few years before. So right off the bat, this piqued my interest, and one afternoon I took this in. The results were... varied. A plot is this, per Wikipedia. Vinny Durand, a New York City taxi driver who lives with his mother, dreams of directing a film starring horror film actress Jana Bates. He decides to attend the Cannes Film Festival, where she has been nominated for Best Actress and for her latest horror film, Scream, as he hopes to meet her and get her to star in his movie to kickstart his own directing career. Sounds pretty interesting, right? I agree. To kick it up another notch, they even shot on location in Con guerrilla style without permits as the actual 1981 Con Film Festival was going on, which gave this film a grittiness that actors like Spinell really seemed to thrive in. The inner monologues and fevered dream sequences are thrilling to watch as Spinell seems to jump off the screen in every scene he's in with a dramatic intensity that very few within the genre could ever match as we, the audience, watch him slip further into madness. Or so it seems. Couple that with Monroe's stunning looks as Janna Bates, who really is the main star of this film. And you think that would all work, right? Well, this is where that different thing rears its head tonight. If you know me, Lord help you if you do, I have very strong opinions when it comes to remakes of films, especially in the world of horror. Let's face it, at this point in the 21st century, we have access to more media than we ever have in the entire history of civilization. So digging up the originals of pretty much anything is only like a click away. You don't even have to go to the video store or wait for it to show up on cable or come back to the theater like our ancestors did. It is All there, thus eliminating the need to really have to remake anything as far as this guy is concerned. Well, this film to me is one of the few that should be remade. It's a great concept with some pretty good players, but the direction and all the post-production dubbing of all the dialogue really cheapen this experience. And this great concept comes off as forced and half-baked. The whole filming pretty much everything without permits runs out of steam very fast. And one can't help but feel that with permits, a bigger budget, and better direction overall, that this could have made a classic instead of a great idea that crapped out by the time it kind of hit the screen. Those criticisms aside, Spinell does give a great performance and really holds this all together on his sweaty, sweaty shoulders whenever he shows up. There is a bit of a twist ending here on this that I will save for those of you who still want to give this a shot. I know we're a spoiler podcast here, but I still don't want to steer any of you away from this movie out there who are still curious But that being said, I think I will wrap things up here. I found out that I just got an offer to co-star in an upcoming sci-fi space adventure from this dude in Queens who said I'd be a perfect second choice. I just need to send my measurements for the wardrobe and the wig. Hollywood, here I come.
1: See you next midnight, Jake. Okay, so maybe Jake doesn't enjoy this one quite as much as you and I, Carrie. Anyways, thanks, Jake. Appreciate that. Grab a glass of wine. This is a type of oh. movie where if you're a wine lover and you're a horror lover, this is... um Okay, so I asked you earlier, Carrie, to describe it. I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to use some terminology here. And by no means am I an expert. Y- yeah, we both know, everybody listening, it's horror. Okay, the last horror film. Uh, it's also comedy. Yeah it's experimental art and what's the phrase for experimental art carrie avant-garde yeah it is an avant-garde film film without a permit during the 1981 Cannes film festival it is literally a film festival film i mean carrie not too many movies can claim they were showing a film at the film festival and it was shot at one of, if not the most popular film festival in the entire oh, world.
2: Oh no, it it is <clears throat> the most popular.
1: Um, we need to get to a film festival. So
2: can we can we go
1: <laughs> to Cannes? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. Um, actually, it's more not than far anything, from
2: Italy. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll see. Let's <laughs> let's go to one country first. <laughs> um, someday maybe. So there is some meta shit going on in this one in this fanatic i mean last horror film and and by the way that those aren't the only titles this movie has gotten more on that later i mean <clears throat> it's almost non-stop meta stuff in this movie
0: mm-hmm.
1: we've got a joe Spinell world where possession <clears throat> excalibur excuse me and james bond exist because they did actually exist because they did the guerrilla filmmaking. At the Cannes Film Festival. Is this why I'm going to start fucking with my voice? I'm sorry. Anyways, if you want more Joe Spinell, dear listener, more Joe Spinell and Carolyn Monroe fun, you can go way back to the beginning of the Dime for Midnight podcast season one. Uh, We're about to end season one. So it's been a minute since we talked about Joe Spinell. We have a breezy 40-minute bonus episode where we talk Bill Lustig's Maniac. And I was thinking when we were doing this guide, Carrie, I, I actually want to do another Urban Decay film down the road, like Pacino and Cruising.
2: Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie.
1: <clears throat> so let's dive right in, folks. Talk about the movie poster and Can I, can I and just note real quick? Or maybe not, because
2: Carrie's <laughs> deciding to interrupt me. So, yes, dear. When this movie was released, just a quick note, I was one month old. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> when this movie was released, I was zero months old.
2: No, you were <clears throat> you were conceived? Yeah. You were conceived. I was not born yet though. No, but you were still <laughs> well, in the womb. You were five months older than me. You were in the womb.
1: <clears throat> Drink that wine.
2: As we are all coming up on your your fortieth birthday. Spill the wine. We've got to celebrate your fortieth birthday.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you for gracing me on this episode, Carrie. We almost didn't make it for this episode. I almost
2: did I almost had a
1: very lonely birthday episode. I'm lonely. So that would have been a song played in this film. So lonely. Um, oh. we need to talk about that accent that you just used. <laughs> are you? Are you? Is that from Team America? Yeah. Oh my God, that movie's got that's got some problems, Carrie. Yes, it <laughs> Uh, How much wine did you have, Carrie, before we started this episode? I
2: haven't eaten much.
1: So let's talk about the movie poster and tagline before Carrie digs herself a hole. (laughs) Okay, I've
2: already dug myself a hole ten times over.
1: So now we've got two posters, and we're going to talk about the black and white one first, Carrie, because we've got the Neon Entertainment Company is, Mm. well, really a, a, a... They're, again, presented as the last horror film in cool-looking font, starring Caroline Monroe and Joe Spinell. And the tagline reads, she came from Hollywood, he came from hell. Now, is that Hell's Kitchen? Because he's in New York City? Oops, hit the mic. Probably not. And the important thing to note is this little poster is really an ad that came out way ahead of time. And it's like currently filming in cans.
2: So, Oh, that was a nice little uh, marketing ad. Exactly.
1: So then the next one is one that when people think of this movie, they actually don't think of the poster that came out. They think of the black and yellow thumbnail that you see, whether it says the last horror film or fanatic which is actually what's on the regular DVD um, or Blu-ray that it was chopped up and edited and missing quite a bit and more on physical media later. So um, we've got a blue background, which is not the color that you think of when you think of Fnatic. Okay, you think of that black and yellowish. You even got black and yellow and Carolyn Monroe is streaked up at 82 air in this movie.
2: I even think of black and red. Because they're wearing the black and red capes and stuff. I,
1: there's a lot of black and red and yellows in this movie, and there's a lot of black and red and maniac.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: this movie features an award on the poster that says "Winner of the 1982 Golden Scroll," and that's actually pretty important in terms of movie awards. Um, the last horror film, and it's it's got a commissioned artwork. On this one that looks like an illustration be- because it is. This one is very much a marketing one. The Cannes Film Festival, a cast of thousands, but only one killer. So, are you going for the ad? Or are you going for the poster that says screening tomorrow?
2: Uh, I prefer the ad, actually. You do? I mean, I like black and white. I think it is, you know, what? It does it more justice. <laughs> Personally, I'm. <laughs>
1: This poster has a singing in the rain feel.
2: <laughs> no. Or is it
1: dancing in the rain? Singing or is it in a chanting the in the rain?
2: He's singing. He's dancing.
1: Is he screwing in the
2: rain? <laughs> um, he's kissing in the rain.
1: Like that Madonna video on the beach. <laughs> um, what What's your favorite thing about these posters, Carrie?
2: Well, I love how they're marketing it. I love. Reminds
1: me of The Friday the 13th ad yeah. in a Yeah.
2: It's very ballsy yeah. actually. When you think about it. Currently filming in Cannes. Wait mean, a
1: second, wait a second. Cannes or Canes? Canes. Because they say even in the movie they say the Cannes Film Festival. Cannes. Cuz you were of yeah. like, "Oh, you went to France. Is there the French way to is there the Parisian French way to say it? Is there I don't the know. Quebec French way to say it? The French Canadian way to say it?" If you're saying it in French Canadian, you have to say it with a douchey attitude.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't I didn't take the French Canadian uh Yes, I lessons. did. I did. I it was straight up French. Got some feelings about that. <laughs> Just outside of Paris is where my my teacher learned.
1: So I think it's ballsy. It's kinda like, hey, listen, we're here. We got Joe Spinelli, and Carol Monroe. Um, together again. And hey guys, we're in France filming this thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm in agreement with you. The other one, the blue one does not resonate with me at all. It says nothing about the film. Um, they actually should have had a, a more of the Cannes film festival in the background.
2: I agree. If they had had that. They should have illustrated yeah. Spinell
1: in the shower with a broken bottle. Yeah. Okay. I think because that's an iconic scene. It sure is. So. Now, here's uh, something that I'm going to say. Well, we already kind of talked about what we would change about it. Um, what, what tagline do you like? I mean, do you like the one from the black and white I, I do. Okay.
2: The, the fact that she came from Hollywood, he comes from <laughs> hell. I mean...
1: Yeah, so Carrie, what about an alternate tagline for this one?
2: Okay, so dreams really do come true. Just
1: watch... I like the simplicity of that one. Am I going to say cans or cons, right? Who the hell knows? Let me take a sip of wine before I say this alternate case tagline.
2: And you are drinking French wine. Oh, am I? Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice touch, Gary.
2: Didn't really plan it that way, but okay.
1: Cans, France, where this maniac is about to make his mama proud and where his perverse dreams will become a reality.
2: I like that. All right. I think that hit hit it, you know, on the nail. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, thought,
1: I just thought it's been a long week. Guys. It has been a long
2: week, and I'm. <laughs>
1: Why are you apologizing?
2: And <laughs> <laughs> before this episode's over. You know I'm. You probably, better
1: apologize for not speaking into that mic correctly. I'm probably
2: gonna be at one point slurring because I haven't eaten much.
1: Good, I'll we'll get you nice and drunk.
2: And then I'll conk out. Oh yeah.
1: We'll get you nice and drunk, Jaina. Jaina,
2: <laughs> like isn't it Jaina? You said Gina. I said Jaina. Oh. See, my brain is hearing two different things. Unless I'm
1: gaslighting you. (laughs) (laughs) So moving right along to physical media and streaming, for as much as we like to talk about poster and taglines, this is one of the movies where you're going to want the deets on the physical media and streaming. So, guys, find this on Tubi. Go on your Amazon account. Tubi, Tubi, Tubi. Outside of Shudder, actually, guys, Tubi might have a little more going on in terms of total selection than Shudder. To say it, but that might be the truth. Uh it's important to note in this week's episode about the last horror film that Severn released this film with a ton of extras and in t- true exploitative fashion, if I can talk English, they released this in a slipcase cover with another title it can unofficially go by: Maniac 2 Love to Kill.
2: Ooh, I like that. And
1: yes. If you haven't, go on to YouTube and you can watch. Remember Carrie when we did the Maniac mm-hmm. episode? Maniac 2, Mr. Robbie, a short. I think it's like under 10 minutes. I know it's under 15. Yeah. I think it's under 10 even. There's a Mr. Mr. 2. There's a, <laughs> that's what our that's what Zombie Toots needs, needs to, to be. Do. He needs to be Mr. Number Two. <laughs> Who does number two work for? <laughs> Maniac 2, Mr. Robbie. That short is on YouTube. That was actual footage that Spinell used that was an intended direction for the sequel and as we know and as we talked about in depth on episode bonus episode 4.75 of all numbers that we used uh sadly joe Spinell passed away he never got to make the actual one but yeah there's uh you can google it carrie it's got the maniac look on the slipcover mm-hmm. of the original poster, but he's holding the camera now and he's oh. all, it's got the usual, you know, his jeans and his stomach and he's yeah. holding the camera off to the side. You need to check that out, Carrie. The, the, this one, guys, if you're a lover of Spinel and you, especially if you think this is his finest work, um, you're going to want to dish out for this one. This is one of those that if you are a collector and you're a Spinel lover, and especially anything that's off the beaten path, or as we say, avant-garde.
2: Or quirky as hell. And I
1: say avant-garde because this was filmed in France, and that is a French term. Uh, the last horror film, the uncut special edition DVD, okay, is $39.92. Now, Severin made one print that had all the extra goodies, all the footage restored that was lost. One printing. And it, it came and it went just this year. So now if you want the maniac Two love to kill slip cover with all the last horror film goodies, you're going to go on eBay and you're going to pay anywhere between 80 to $120 for it because it's gone and you can only get it on the second market now.
2: Wow. Uh,
1: someday I might have to dish for it. Cause uh, the more I think about this movie, the more I love it. I don't know, guys. That that's totally that's, up to you. That's all. That's the next level spending that I've got a hard time going to. But again, you can you can go on eBay and just get the last horror film.
2: I think. But we if, start with that
1: if you want the uncut. If you want stuff not missing, you're gonna have to. Even that's forty dollars.
2: But I could live with forty dollars yeah. versus a yeah. hundred and twenty.
1: So you're saying I'm allowed to? No, 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 eighty. You can get the with all the goodies for eighty she's thinking about it
2: i'm thinking about wearing it.
1: wearing her down maybe over time um so yeah after the initial release of the last horror film much of the film's gore was cut from the original negative appearing mainly on vhs prints that we had mentioned earlier um partially lost to film the uncut elements in '09, there's an important note you you start off seeing the trauma film presents in this movie um jake checked me on that one this is a trauma distributed film this is not a trauma made film so that's important to note that in 2015 trauma uh, excuse me 2009 trauma entertainment released it on dvd they put these scenes from a separate vhs source in and then in the 2015 blu-ray release um you could just tell that there was a shit ton of damage on it so now fast forward room morgue magazine uh express interest in the original mm-hmm. works um they went to ask various archivists people that were collectors to yeah. help them and then um they were able to locate a 35 millimeter print uh at uh la cinematique Française that was in great condition
2: yeah i was gonna say that probably was the best route to go because you have if you get get one of those original prints of the film you can film the original film basically
1: and again just this past year um they have the fully restored film footage rediscovered reinserted showing the original that awesome maniac 2 that never was okay alternate maniac too because we got mr robbie short in there as well
2: can i have that job of restoring old movies oh that's painstaking you know no, you no, no 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 wait a second i want that job
1: no. no i think wouldn't you rather have see this is my job i want to do the research to find the people i want to be the connector i want to say oh my god i connected with so-and-so now maybe that's because i'm a recruiter in my normie job and i'm like I'd rather find the person that can help me solve the problem than have to do the painstaking Mm-mm. sitting down at the table for days on I end. I want
2: to do the painstaking sitting down for days because I want to watch the movies as I'm filming them.
1: On behalf of all Italians everywhere, I bless you for wanting to do that because fuck
2: that
0: shit.
1: I love movies. So... um besides the jacuzzi lady who gets butt ass naked in the middle of this movie or excuse me not in the middle at the beginning of this movie opening and the very opening of this movie and by the way in less than two minutes you realize that joe Spinell is masturbating in a theater to the title that's or the end credits that says the end you're like wait a second what's going on the end i just watched this naked chick get cooked in that jacuzzi uh what's going on here but yeah we we know that we're right away we're dealing with meta. We've got Joe Spinell's character watching a movie within this movie that you don't know is a movie taking place and being shot until the very end of this movie and if that doesn't spin your head enough there's dreams within director Vinny's movie that you don't know are dreams until this movie's over. Yeah. And then you find out that wasn't the reality with dreams. This is the reality. He's watching the movie that he made.
2: Yeah, can <laughs> and can I just say, like for real, we all thought like, not I don't know. We. Can you
1: say it, Carrie?
2: I don't know at this point. I don't know. <laughs> but when you think of a movie that was innovative, that innovated the movie within a movie type of opening bit, right?
1: Okay, this was 1982 when this came out. Right,
2: so I'm making a point.
1: It's got to be before 1982,
2: Carrie. Nope, I'm making the point that this movie that you think about, actually, this movie came before. Okay. Most people, you know, some people who weren't exposed to this movie would think that Scream invented it. The meta? Yeah, invented it. What's
1: funny is they're making a movie, the one guy's making, or no, Carolyn Monroe's character in this movie, Jaina is making a movie called Scream. Yeah. So now it gets you thinking, did Wes Craven, was he uh-huh. a fan of this movie? Or was and he s-
2: watching this movie?
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and he said, oh, I'm going to use that title. No, he yeah. still used it. Yeah. And oh, this movie's pretty meta. I'm going to make my actual Scream meta. Yeah. Who knows? It's a fun little what if scenario. Right. So, Sorry. Um, do don't to... make me reach over. Nope. 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 Don't do it. I okay. don't want to hear it. I'm I'm in a mood where I don't want to hear that damn xylophone. Okay. So <laughs> don't do not <it>, Damn it. <laughs> so Joe Spinell, Carolyn Monroe. Let's take a moment to acknowledge, Carrie, that this is their third outing together. We had the sci-fi kind of schlocky dark star. And then, of course, the previously mentioned maniac. Um we covered the careers of Joe Spinell and Carol- Caroline, Mer- Caroline Caroline, Caroline Monroe. Christ.
2: I'll help you out <sighs>
1: in our four point seven five bonus episode. But um, Carrie, is there one role of either one of theirs that you just that stands out? I've got to tell you, the last horror film might be my favorite, Joe Spinell.
2: I, I was actually going to say, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I really enjoy Maniac. I do. I do. I I... told you you couldn't go out at night.
1: I'm going to start doing my Joe Spinell voice.
2: But (laughs) this last horror film was so zany and kooky in a good way.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed my film, Carrie. (laughs) Hi, my name's Joe Spinell.
2: Are you done? (laughs) I'm done for now, Mom. (laughs) Don't fucking call me Mom.
1: Mother.
2: Listen, Zombie Toots is a mama's boy. I could
1: do a better job than that, anyways. With this voice,
2: I, I swear to you, I'm done. <laughs> Get it out. That was a crash. Get it story. out now.
1: That's what she said. So, anyways, moving right along, Carolyn Monroe. What about her?
2: Um, I, I think I really enjoy her in the last horror film. I enjoy the convincing role mm-hmm. that she played in this film.
1: Yeah. Um, it's really hard. So there's a movie that you need to watch that I really like her in slightly more than this one. Okay. And I like her in that role because it's a role that she normally doesn't do. Ooh. She is a major bitch, major bullying bitch in slaughter high. Made by the guys who made Friday the 13th with a Friday the 13th esque score. You would love Slaughter High, okay? I'm telling you, Carolyn Monroe in that movie is at like a does like this whole other thing that you've never seen her do before in that movie. Yeah, I'm telling I you, I don't
2: need to relive that kind of stuff, though. No,
1: no, no, no. This is like hammy, goofy slasher. No, it's not. It's not a. It's a mean movie, but it's like really goofy. Okay, that's all I have to say. And yes, Carolyn Monroe, you love to hate her. And funny enough, Slaughter High has notes of Scream in it, too. Takes place in their old abandoned high school that's now shuttered, shuttered, shut down. (laughs) They shuttered themselves in the shutdown high school. So they come back years later for like their own little group reunion.
2: Can I make a side note? Slaughter
1: High, man. Got to watch that, character. Can I make a side
2: note? So, you know where I grew up where my grandmother's house was the grandmother that you met I'm from Johnstown PA um well Frank well she lived in Franklin Franklin PA so <laughs> Grandma Joe Okay Okay when you met her there was nothing next to her house right Okay <laughs> I don't remember that Yeah But before that I
1: just remember being told I don't eat enough <laughs>
2: Oh, please. She called me anorexic. So, I mean, for real.
1: The house smelled like garlic. I also remember that.
2: Yeah. Um, And then you also, we used to go out and play as kids near the abandoned high school that my dad and all of his brothers and sisters went to. Nice. And eventually, my dad taught his first year, sixth grade at that school.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
2: So... Yeah, abandoned schools, they're awesome. I mean, we didn't go Can't in. Can't say I have a lot
1: of adventures at abandoned schools. <laughs>
2: we didn't go in because it was contem- condemned, but every once in a while you would get like a ball that would go in. And Excuse <laughs> me? <laughs> like we would lose a ball.
1: Excuse me.
2: <laughs> into the abandoned school. Watch your language, Carrie. And you had to determine whether or not you were going to go in and get it. Or leave it.
1: That's also what he said.
2: Sometimes.
1: <laughs> That's what she said.
2: <laughs> sometimes a brave soul went. Sometimes we said no fucking way. That's the boogeyman school. <laughs> um, I
1: was surprised, by the way, not to get too far back into Halloween. I was surprised that we didn't watch something other than Halloween on Halloween. It's. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if it's because...
2: We were we've just
1: been, well, not well. we've also been diving into so many other horror films that it's like, eh, I've seen Halloween a million times. But then I'm like, oh, let me just put on Halloween.
2: The kids love it. I yeah. mean, they, they love those movies.
1: So my favorite characters in this movie, um, well, really the two main ones, but it's got to be Joe Spinell. I could have picked a tiny side character in this movie. I could have picked Joe Spinell's mom, who actually almost upstages him in some of those scenes together because she's just so damn typical, truthfully. Um, It's very much an Italian mom stereotype, but it works really well, and I think that's the point. Um,
2: Have have you ever?
1: You already said favorite character, right? No, not yet. Okay.
2: I haven't had this baked macaroni. What is this baked macaroni?
1: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like because um, it
2: did not look like macaroni and cheese, <laughs> and I was like very curious. That's not curious. what they're talking about. No,
1: they're probably talking about either shells or lasagna or yeah. Don't worry about it. It's okay. it's it's nothing that okay. you would think it would be. I was just curious, and it didn't look like anything I would want to eat
2: anyway. So. <laughs> I was curious. I was like, this looks like a pie of some sorts.
1: There is macaroni pies actually, but it's that's not so much an Italian thing. Oh, Let's listen, listen. That's enough about pies, <laughs> Carrie do not touch that xylophone we're not going to keep talking about pies i swear to god do not touch it listen who is your favorite character
2: it is in this film it's carolyn monroe yeah i mean she it's so good she plays this part so well you know can i
1: interrupt you for one second just for one second the fact that this poster in this movie says there's a cast of thousands of people at the Cannes film festival and all you can do in this movie is focus on those two people. Yeah. For all the people and all the directors and producers and and the fake Hollywood types and all that kind of crap. You've got all these freaking people all around and they were able to manage to focus on just two people.
2: Well, I think it's the type of camera they use. Yeah. And the angle. Yeah. I think and that's what does it.
1: That it is only about two people.
2: Well, it's like a cat and mouse type of movie when you think about it. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I love how this movie, her part in particular, it emphasized the news reports of Jodie Foster dealing with a real-life stalker because a taxi driver. And Joe Spinell plays a taxi driver in this movie. Yeah,
1: that the news reports on here, and then they have talked about Reagan being almost assassinated. Yep, um, some other people I can't remember what it said, but yeah, no, it it definitely that was a very purposeful choice. Yeah, and it was so the the news reports at first were like, okay, why? Like I get the news reports that it was obvious somebody added in after the fact commenting about Carolyn Monroe's character being there to do this photo shoot or at this award ceremony or blah, 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 blah. That was all added in. But then they use actual news reports. And it's the first, I'm like, why are they telling me about Ray? Like, I know it's 1981 or 82. It's, What's with the news reports? And then you start connecting the dots that they're talking about other fanatics out there. in yeah. this Yeah yeah there's a reason why this movie is called fanatic and it's reminding you with the news reports that these people do exist out there (laughs) um especially from the 60s through the 80s uh that was a very big focus whether it be serial killers or people would be assassins and just weird um what about favorite line or dialogue from the last horror film or the fanatic or maniac Two, love to kill
2: (laughs) Mine is from Cameron Monroe's fiance. You know Brad, he's such the practical joker. You know, he's like it's just a big gag, you know Brad. <laughs> it I like it how sets they up the entire movie.
1: I love that spinell and monroe both really played it straight Mm -hmm. but the rest of these small characters are so hammy and phony and fake and and it really elevates the two main people in this movie and it puts a spotlight on all the hangers on type people yeah all the people that will say and do whatever they want Mm -hmm. or whatever they excuse me whatever they can to get next to that person that's famous to get Be a part of the zeitgeist is what I guess I want to say. So I'm going to go with the very end of this film. I think is like wraps this movie up perfectly in the quirkiness and the comedy of this movie. And the fact that it features Joe Spinell and his real life mom. (laughs) At the end, when we realize, again, guys, we're a spoiler pod. You realize the audience, the viewer that this is he actually did not kill anybody yeah vinny is an actual filmmaker he actually got to film with jana he's like mom what do you think about it he's like vinny 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 what what is it ma He got a joint and then that crazy ass music with the end credits comes on and it's like what a dumb but stupid but funny very appropriate way to end Hi. this Avant garde movie. I
2: would almost call this like a dramedy.
1: Mm, I don't, yeah, I don't. The drama, the drama's kind of low on this one for me. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't, no, no, no. You need, you need, you need everybody to be taking it seriously. And that's why it's not a drama. But there's parts. No, there's horror and there's comedy. Okay, fine. Since the definition of avant garde would permit me to say i can agree with you that it's part dramedy this feels like a johnstown made-up phrase dramedy
2: i just i don't know if it exists i just said it it does
1: i've heard that before all right i just said it one other time i think you said it (laughs) (laughs) what about what about favorite death or effect carrie
2: okay so you know my love of of older films for me it's the blonde woman at the bell tower. She gets shot in the head and it's the funny dummy that falls. And it, it just, it reminds me of that one movie. I mean, the
1: one that I just watched by Umberto Lenzi.
2: No, but well, yeah, that was another
1: dummy. That was another dummy. I comment on the Joe Bob Facebook group. I'm like, I just watched nightmare city for the first time. And like, this guy says, that's the second best Stupid looking dummy fall ever in cinema. I'm like, what's the first? The guy liked it and he never answered me. <laughs> if this one is, if the if the roller coaster dummy fall in and, and Humberto Lindsay's Nightmare City is stupid, said the second most dumb but funny. What the hell is the first? Because this one in yeah. fanatic, the Last War of a Maniac, that's a pretty good dummy fall yeah. too. Maybe I mean, that's... hilariously bad, probably yeah. on purpose. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Went on a dummy tangent.
2: No, it just, it reminds me of that one Hitchcock movie where, you know, they're on the bell tower and I think it, oh, I can't remember the name of it. But where it's, he has a fear of heights and he has to face his fear of height at the bell tower.
1: Talking about in Bruges?
2: No, not in Bruges, but...
1: They were in a tower, but they I were. think it was a bell tower. It was
2: a bell tower, yeah. I love that movie. That was a good movie. That's
1: like the same vibe as Cedar Rapids, for me, but darker. That's I a actually, good double feature. I actually, actually, actually.
2: enjoy In Bruges better than. You didn't Cedar like Rapids. it the first
1: time I showed it to you. You were no, bored by it.
2: But the second time I watched it, I caught. You some want more. to talk
1: about quirky as hell. Oh <laughs>
2: fuck yeah!
1: Anyways, what so was the word with those swear words? Carrie, told you I
2: haven't <laughs> eaten much.
1: You haven't eat much? Are you lonely and hungry? I am hungry. So did you, wait a second. We're drinking this wine and going a little crazy now. Did you finish out your thoughts about favorite death or effect? I don't know. Okay. Wait a minute. Did you talk? So the blonde woman with the bell tower, she gets shot in the head in the funny dummy, the false. Okay. Yes. We're covered with yours. Now it's my turn. Settle down. (laughs) And actually mine's going to be Carolyn Monroe's fake death by Vinny's Dracula character. And at this point in the film, you're convinced that Vinny has actually captured her and is actually going to be staking her. At least I thought so in the car ride back to the chateau. By the way, what qualifies as a chateau? Is that just a fancy French word for castle? I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you went to France, Carrie. You need to be aware of these terms. Vertigo.
2: That's the movie I'm talking about. (laughs) I thought you were telling
1: me a French word for castle's vertigo. I'm like freaking sneaky ass French <laughs> but <laughs> I, I will say I was ready for her once he actually was there and she was laying down I was ready for her to open her eyes yeah. once I saw <laughs> excuse me <laughs> why am I saying excuse me to the microphone My- It's the wine. It's the see. It's the sneaky French. It's a sneaky wine.
2: Except for I've been drinking more.
1: This almost was a sneaky, well, non-sneaky review. I almost was alone. I'm very mad at you for almost making me alone on this episode. Sorry, (laughs) I'm over it, but not really because I brought it up. So I, how thick that steak was. I'm like, that is the most ridiculous. That is the second most ridiculous looking steak in horror film next to. Peter Vinson's steak that the was backwards. backwards, the backwards yeah. steak in front.
2: I was night. almost expecting
1: that. Like, yeah, he's he goes to stab into the stabbing of the steak facing him, yep. the pointy end's facing yep. him instead. But now I'm like, oh my god, that is the stupidest looking steak, and maybe that's the point. I mean, this thing looked like one half step away from a utility pole. That's how thick this steak yeah. was. So, anyways, guys, that brings us. Did to... he whittle it? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck reference is that to? Did he whittle it? I don't know why do i feel like you're going into some kind of tarantino territory maybe all iteration aside maybe. the last horror film slash fanatic slash maniac 2 love to kill and no not the maniac 2 mr robbie short carrie what are you rating this thing
2: okay i'm rating this a three and a half i really enjoyed the dream sequences i i don't know why but I just really, really enjoyed them.
1: It like did you really, 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 really enjoy them? How profound, man! You really enjoyed them, man. Well, if you really, really enjoyed it, I really super duper enjoyed it. You're using really, really good descriptors.
2: <laughs> Fuck you.
1: Like, really, fuck me? (laughs) Really, really, really? (laughs) So anyways, (laughs) she's so deflated now.
2: (laughs) Listen, this whole entire movie made you think you knew what was happening and like how mad and crazy Joe Spinell's character was. And how much this was for art, like the love of art, the love mm-hmm. of movie making. Yes, the love.
1: That's true. This was a love letter. It was the movie was as as much as it's like oh it's trying to be artsy as we say in Western Pennsylvania,
2: artsy fartsy. <laughs> ah, I never say that, but okay. Yes, you have. No, my my mom has. You've said it. Oh no.
1: Anyways, it's not just being... It's not being. It's art, but it's not trying to be, like, ooh, heady art. Like, ooh, we're so, uh, this is above you. There's movies that are, like, yeah do nothing but imagery and time jump and, like, what's reality, what's not nonstop. Yeah. And you're, like, what th-, like what the fuck am I watching? It's getting to the point now where it's gone beyond art and it's just being annoying as fuck.
2: And it's messing with you. Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I'm fine with being messed yeah. with, but there's even ones that take themselves too seriously. And are like really trying hard, and it's I, obvious that they're trying hard. But
2: I don't mind it if when you get to the end.
1: this is okay. I'm just gonna say it i I hate the term elevated horror. That's what I'm talking about, like ooh, well, I like. Elevated horror. Well,
2: what is elevated horror?
1: Well, it's horror where you have to be smart to understand what's happening in this elevated horror. Name, so that's name what I'm an saying.
2: elevated horror movie.
1: Come on, A24. That's all elevated horror. You have like hereditary, the all the imagery that goes along with that movie. Um, the witch. I don't think the witch is particularly elevated. That's a very easy to understand witch movie. Um, there's talk to me. Uh oh, you know what? Midsummer is elevated ho- horror.
2: Okay, this is where we differ because apparently I like elevated horror.
1: No, 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 I don't dislike those, but they go to an artsy territory where it becomes more about see how artistic we are. We're really going to get strange.
2: Okay, and Midsummer mor- was 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 crazy. Amorphous Midsummer was crazy, and I love that movie. I love it. Yeah, I like it. It's it's no, okay. It's, it's not geared towards you. Let's face it.
1: No, it is. I mean, it 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 basically like yeah. It it.
2: No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Mm.
1: Yeah, because I got I ho, oh, you want to argue cool. you want to argue about Midsummer? Okay, this is going to be a whole other episode. <laughs> what is a two mid? Well, what is Midsummer about? What are a two four films really about? What is the real message? And in the elevated horror, is it up to the audience's interpretation? Or is this what the, the people say, this is what the director was trying to illustrate? Like when it gets to that point, it's like, is it really about the storytelling? Or is it about, we're trying to show you how we understand this level of filmmaking more than the average person. Mm. When it gets to be like that, or people start talking like that i get it's almost like a form of gatekeeping like this is only accessible to people with the minds that can appreciate you have to be a certain person to appreciate this
2: i don't get that feeling oh i
1: get it Uh, i get i get all those movies i get i understand them it gets to a point where i'm like dude i just want to i just want a fucking slasher like I don't, I don't need everything to be like. So this is where I feel like the last horror. Maybe I'm pissing some people off of this. Oh well, mm. this, the this is where a movie like the last horror film. It is avant garde. It is artistic, but it's not talking to you like you're stupid either.
2: Uh, no, it's it's a love letter to film horror festivals? films to film festivals. To it's filmmakers, to filmmakers, to actors, mm-hmm. to actresses, mm-hmm. it's uh, special effects. It's a love, you know. It's a love letter what special you, effects. What, what did
1: you rate this movie?
2: A uh, three and a half.
1: Nice. That's a really good. That's a good score. Um,
2: I think. I think I, I, I want to give it another viewing. Yeah. To see if I there's other things I can catch up or pick up on.
1: I mean, this was this was for art. I think all of it was artistic i think the whole thing that you could break down the artistic elements of this i mean every film is art everything is art everything that's created is art in one form or another um, we're there the audience of you are watching his film with him and his mom we just don't know it until the end avant-garde is the phrase and considering when it was made most people, when you read articles about the last horror film, say it's half baked and perhaps the, the filmmakers let Joe Spinell down. Mm. I couldn't disagree with that line of thinking more. Most people will point to Maniac as Spinell's best work, but I'm here to state my case that this is not only the finest Joe Spinell performance, but it is a nuanced performance. And if this came out today, this would be at very least deserving of accolades, a Fangoria Chainsaw Award if this was made today. The last horror film, while a little bit goofy and yes, maybe not fully cooked in some areas. And yes, it is essentially another maniac type film, except it's a maniac film for a wider audience. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm giving it a four out of five. I,
2: I, I can agree with that. I, I, I understand completely.
1: And yes, there's reasons why when not rated higher than that. There are some goofy moments. There are some, like, hmm, why did they do that? But I love it. Guys, that brings the last horror film, slash fanatic, slash maniac to love to kill, overall DFM rating of a very good 3.75 out of five flamethrowers. I think this one would surprise some people. People that have only watched Maniac, hey, check this one out. What's up next, guys? So, with the Dime for Midnight podcast, we are down to our last six episodes. Um, we've got the docu-horror drama comedy with a little bit of Barney Fife comedy in it, surprisingly, after we re- re-watched it and remembered. Yeah. The Town That Dreaded Sundown in episode 40. Episode 41, our Black Friday special. We are going to release our season two episode guide mm-hmm okay on black friday we're going to be talking about romero's 1978 dawn of the dead followed up the first friday in december gremlins followed up by it's me belly and black christmas that gag is never going to go away I it's know. going to be an ongoing thing forever and ever in the history of dfm <laughs> e44 dead end on 1215 ray weiss watch that one guys if you haven't E45 Hammer which is starting to make a comeback by the way I just read an Ooh, article
2: More 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 I love Hammer films <laughs> More more more
1: The Lodge Okay guys that brings us to intermission and in segment 2 horror etc we're going to talk about how the last horror film itself fared at different film festivals we're going to talk about Some of the competitors and some of the awardees of the 1981 Cannes Film Festival, where the last horror film was actually filmed without a permit. And we're going to talk about Carrie. You actually were in Cannes, France, for a hot minute. Way back yonder. Yeah, a day trip. Love you guys. She's going to tell us about that in segment two. See you soon.
0: Orion Pictures presents John Borman's Excalibur. What? Are warriors lovers kings, men of swords sorcery and desire their only fear is the pain of love Excalibur Rated R now playing check newspapers for local listing beyond the realm of human desire there is a darkness well, that's why I'm with you. Because you say I for me.
2: Love opens to absolutely
0: unknown horizons. Ah! Ah! Isabella Johnny, the internationally acclaimed actress, in her most explosive, controversial role. Bennett, two men, and a woman no man could ever possess. Special visual effects by Academy Award winner Carlo Rambaldi. Mortal Terror.
1: guys we are back for segment two or etc we just got done talking about joe Spinell and caroline monroe and their third film together perhaps joe Spinell's best performance in the last horror film i can't wait to try to convince you to let me buy the super expensive severin release at some
2: point in my life maybe for our super duper duper birthday while
1: we're sitting here and i'm bullshitting to our dear listeners our dfm family you should google the Severn release, because if you saw that DVD cover, you might say, sure thing, honey, I love you. Happy birthday and go ahead and buy it.
2: I love <laughs> if you. If I didn't already buy cigars for yes. myself. Yes.
1: Okay. I know. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. So let's talk I'm about. I'm also
2: debating on whether or not I'm going to get you whiskey for your birthday. Hmm. I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Whiskey? Yeah. We'll
1: see. I do know we're going to go to Permanis this weekend. Mm-hmm. I do know that we've got, well, we've got gift cards. But we also got $5 off.
2: You get a free dessert, don't you, too? Because it's your N- birthday?
1: No. I th- well, maybe that's true, but I am not a big dessert guy at restaurants. I'm, you... I'm, I'm more of like an appetizer guy. It's like, no. Can like, okay, if your dessert is $10 and I see a couple of like, five dollar like a side of fries or maybe a small thing of wings can i trade in my free dessert for another appetizer i feel Mm -hmm. like that's a legitimate question
2: however you do have two children that might differ fuck fuck them (laughs) fuck fuck them kids
1: (laughs) that's a joke people yes that's a joke but seriously fuck those guys (laughs) no no um Uh,
2: you know they're gonna want to sing to to daddy on on your birthday Happy birthday. They're going to want to sing to you. For a second there, I thought you were saying they're going to want to sing the song called Sing to
1: Your Daddy by Zombie Toots and Ghostly Puppers. Oh, well,
2: I'm sure they'll come up with one. Sing no doubt. Sing to your daddy. <laughs> Zombie Toots comes up with songs randomly. Bow, bow, bow. Sing to your daddy. Like, sing, we're, at the, sing, like we're at the Whiskey sing, A Go-Go sing. in Cannes, Happy France. Happy birthday.
1: ba ba ba
2: Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Oh Oh, yeah!
1: Where's my snort of cocaine in this whiskey a go go discotheque? Is this as the 1982 as this song comes on the top 40? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ! This is going. Now this is getting this is getting meta. Now (laughs) this is like breaking the fourth wall, actually, or maybe it's the fifth wall.
2: I don't know. I'm delirious at this point. So what is this French
1: wine that you gave me that's causing me to act this way?
2: This is the wine where the bottle cork like magically one day decided to Where
1: are you going with the story?
2: (laughs) Just listen. I have a point.
1: The magic cork started dancing. Sing for your daddy. Don't No. Matt the whiskey. Go, go.
2: Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Okay, chalice. stop it stop it stop it um the wine cork magically exploded out now there's
1: magic
2: (laughs) out of the bottle i guess the pressure built up and pushed it out i mean to be fair
1: wait a minute what are we talking about again (laughs) the cork oh wait a minute is that a phrase for something else no (laughs) she pushed out the cork because there was so much pressure you know what i'm saying
2: (laughs) no but we didn't realize for like probably like an hour or two that that's what the the sound was because i thought it was just a paper falling no it was the cork popping on its own so the wine actually got like aerated for an hour before i put the cork back on oh you're such a wine snob I'm not a wine snob. That's a, <laughs> that's a typical term. Did
1: you even answer my question what type of wine this was? It's... it's French.
2: It's, it's a French blend. Okay. It's part Syrah. That much I remember.
1: So we are actually going to do Horror Etc. folks, where we're going to talk the uh, last horror film, just the shade more. Uh, and some of the accolades. I mean, it was shot at the 1981 Cannes Film Festival. Let's talk about the fact that this actually did the film itself end up at real world film festivals the Festival du Film de Paris um nominated for best international film that's pretty impressive That is that I is I mean okay you've got American English actors filming in France it's international um you've got the Saturn awards everybody knows the Saturn oh, awards yeah. best international film again um nominated for that neither one of those they won um i'm fine with that it would be cool if it won the paris one but here's my biggest gripe with the accolades that it received best supporting actress okay um nominated Philomena spangulo do you know who that is that's joe Spinel's mom
2: Ah. so she
1: got nominated for a saturn award Okay, which is really cool. That's cool. Okay, but somebody's got a sense of humor with that one, I think. But um, Carolyn Monroe and Joe Spinell not nominated for anything in any of these film festivals? is kind of odd. It is kind of odd that his mom... How could they rank this as a Best International Film nominee when the two leads don't get nominated for anything? Well,
2: and it's funny because this movie... This is
1: like saying The Departed gets nominated for an Oscar but Nicholson and DiCaprio don't for, get, don't get any nominations. Nominations. Yeah. Nominations yeah. Even. yeah. That, that's what's weird about
2: yeah. this. Well, I mean, and, and
1: <laughs> we're going really deep on the last one.
2: Considering film. <laughs> that Cameron Rose character, Jaina, she actually wins the award for best actress in the movie.
1: It's almost like somebody said, oh, well, well." I wonder they if think, they think, yeah. think their character is going to be If they yeah. can think of it again, they're not going to get it in real life. Yeah. Billy. <laughs> I don't know why I started using that voice again. So, the Sitkiss Film Festival, best cinematography. Okay, they, Thomas DeNov, or DeNova, sorry if I mispronounced your name, Thomas, One. So that's cool. I wouldn't sit in this movie and say this. Se- you know what? The dream sequences. The dream, yep. Yeah. The yep, friggin' dream sequences yep. is why that won an award. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. That, that's what I'm thinking of. Everything else is like, nope, you had no permit and you were just like Gorilla style going around the festival, friggin' nude people everywhere.
2: And I'm telling you right now, that's probably the reason why they weren't nominated because they had no permit
1: well no they they won
2: i know but for the other categories they probably yeah
1: (laughs) you mean they weren't nominated at actual cans the next year so um yeah and they they were an official selection of that film festival It wasn't just they got cinematography that was that was the big one that they were promoted at um so we're going to move right along to the actual 1981 Cannes Film Festival. And I'm just going to kind of go down and talk about some of the feature film competitors. When people <clears throat> people that aren't excuse me, familiar with or aren't hardcore film festival goers, um, feature films, that's the one is like, oh, this one was at Cannes. That doesn't mean it's nominated. Doesn't mean it was in a category. Doesn't mean it won. It's just... When you're sitting down, <clears throat> excuse me, watching the last horror film, they have the feature film posters yeah on all of these buildings and billboards throughout this film. That's what I'm talking about right now.
2: And you can view the all the, the you films. can you
1: can see which ones were featured at yeah. the Cannes Film Festival. I'm not saying anything about nominations, wins, or anything like that. I'll get into that in a little bit. Angels of Iron, Beau Pair. Here's a recognizable one: Chariots Ooh, of Fire. Yeah. Chespec, Excalibur, another familiar one. Uh, Looks and Smiles, Light Years Away, Heaven's Gate, Man of Iron, Mephisto is another recognizable one. Um, you've got Thief mm. with James Caan is another recognizable I one. I love that one. Okay. Um, Passion of Love. I think we've got some erotic ones in this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Possession, which I've been telling you to watch too, Carrie. Yeah. Okay. You've got Les Unes et la Autres by Claude Lelouch, which... If you are at Cannes and you see a film French film listed here, you probably need to go check that out. I
2: think it's La Unes et Le lave
1: Okay, whatever. So anyways, that's your department. Awards. We're going to talk about official awards of the 1981 Cannes Film Festival. Okay. I'm going to probably butcher some of these ones. Um, Is there any
2: you want me to say?
1: Nope. Palme d'Or. Uh, Grand Prix. That's an interesting one. Best Screenplay um was uh mephisto best actress was the main woman Isabel Ajani for quartet and she was the one i keep telling you about in possession, possession. next to sam neil she listen she outshone sam neil that's, that's awesome. hard dude that's you hard need to watch possession you need to watch mm-hmm. possession you need to watch Possession. I don't know how many times I need to keep telling you. Carrie, I watch ha, Possession. I
2: have to be in a mood for that type of movie. Best
1: Actor, Ugo Tanazi for La Tragia di un uomo Ridiculo. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress, Yelena Solovey for Factus. Best Supporting Actor, Ian Holm for Chariots of Fire. Oh, that's a good one. Best Artistic Contribution, Excalibur by John Borman. Golden Camera, don't know what that is. Camera d'Or, Desperado City. By Vadim Glauna. Short films, okay? Moto Perpetuo and La Ratte, okay? That was a jury prize. Independent awards, Malo, Mephisto. That Mephisto keeps popping it up. It does.
2: Okay. Uh, I, can we watch
1: it? Commission Superior Technique, probably. Technical Grand Prize, La Une. you say it. You say it since so you're the French expert. Who won the Technical Grand Prize, carry? La Une et les
2: Le e le autres. I just said that. No. First time you, you said it. Uh, I don't e. think so. I think that wine's it's making e. you hear things. The uns et le, we'll und e e le your, autres. Uh. We're uh,
1: up your ah. Uh. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. I took four years plus yeah. another year in cool. college.
1: Cool. Good for you. Okay. Jury prize, man of iron. Special mention, chariots of fire. Now that we got through me butchering names, according to Carrie... Carrie, will you grace us with your short story of your experience in cans? Well, Carrie,
2: let me paint the
1: picture for you. Fine.
2: Paint that picture and the better would be
1: well pronounced throughout.
2: It will not be in French.
0: Oh,
1: well then, look how great you are at French. No, you won't I, even I say never, story in I French.
2: never claimed that. Never claimed that. I actually can read French better than... Pronounce it or speak it.
1: She can read French better than English. Read She can, she can French. speak French better than English too.
2: <laughs> Listen, it's easier to read French than actually participate in a conversation in French. Is it not? Uh,
1: sure. Listen, tell us about your cans France or your cons France or your Canada's France okay. experience. Inquiry minds want to know.
2: Picture this. 17-year-old Carrie (laughs) goes overseas for the first time to France, travel all around France, end up in the south of France, Nice. First time going to a topless beach.
1: I think you need to clarify that.
2: And last time going to a topless beach.
1: No, no, Carrie. No, no. (laughs) What year was this? 2000. And how old were you?
2: I was 17. I said, Picture that 17 year old carrie And you're at
1: a topless beach. Yeah. But you are not topless. M- thank you for clarifying. That. <laughs> yes. Jesus. No. no. I'm like, Well, yeah, I was there. And I, blah, blah. I'm like, Yeah. And you need to make sure you, need to, like, okay. whether or not you were actually topless. No. I,
2: it was a topless beach. We didn't realize it was a topless beach, but it was because a lot of the beaches are topless.
1: Did anybody within your party go topless at any given time?
2: No, because there was an Somebody was tempted. They were tempted. Yes, somebody was tempted until we saw some really old dudes that decided to go one step further and just went completely nude. Oh. And so we were like, oh, are we at the wrong beach? Yeah. Which we might have been. Fully nude. Fully nude. Okay. We're like, no... And the water was cold. It wasn't warm. <laughs> you and mean there was? This shrinkage? was June. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't warm. We, I mean, we all got into the water. Yes. But it was not warm. We were expecting it to be warm, given that it's the French Riviera. I don't know why we just assumed in June it was going to be warm. What we did.
1: Because everywhere's warmer than Johnstown in June. <laughs> That's why. But it wasn't. Okay. The water wait a second how wait a minute i thought we were gonna talk about cans here
2: we are i'm getting there i'm setting the scene
1: beauty beaches come on now i want to hear about the the film festival center of the world setting the scene with shrinked schlongs
2: (laughs) okay all right so we're staying at this hotel all right were there
1: shrink schlongs there too
2: (laughs) no no oh there was big ones there you had to walk Okay. To find you... bigger slugs. <laughs> <laughs> I know
1: some other stories that she's not sharing with you folks. By the way,
2: I'm not sharing that story. Oh, uh, she
1: admits to it. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm
2: not sharing that one. Okay. Oh, no, ahead. I'm not sharing that one. That's private. You
1: shared it without even having to share it. That's how much I got you to
2: share it. <laughs> You're not getting me to share that one. All right, go ahead. Go. All right. So. And there's two stories I could share that I'm not sharing. Mm. But I'm not sharing.
1: That, that's paid exclusive content.
2: Yes, it needs to be. Oh, God. Go ahead. Actually, technically, there could be three.
1: Okay. I'm starting to get concerned now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to go there. I swear to you, I'm not. You,
2: you know all three.
1: I got to tell you, being together Actually, for... T- being together okay see now i'm getting concerned because i was only aware of one no
2: you're aware of them all whether you realize it or not
1: yeah one was just last week (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking okay come on where the fuck is cons in this store? cons cans
2: anyways one night of course being 17 in 2000 yes i could legally go into a store and buy alcohol and yes i did I participated in that fully. That was an awesome experience. However, dumb 17-year-old <laughs> decides to get drunk that night, the night before, we take a day trip to cons.
1: So were you hungover?
2: I was hungover the entire fucking time. <sighs> I don't Could know about the validity of your story, knowing that you were now hungover. It. You can ask my mom
1: she wasn't hung over No,
2: no okay. I mean nope we did manage to sneak in 12 bottles of rosé from tours
1: what kind of tour was it? where'd you go? No, what no, was the no, tour no, no, about? No.
2: it was in tours France it was a winery in tours France it was rosé we bought 12 bottles of wine and we hid it in our suitcases and brought it back
0: <laughs> the
2: best fucking rosé I've ever had Go on. <laughs> so I naturally drank one of the bottles of rose that night in addition to whatever alcohol I bought. I mixed and matched. Big mistake. Ooh, ooh,
1: beer before liquor never been sicker?
2: It wasn't beer.
1: To be clear about beer, if I were ever to go to France, I would have to get some beer in the Flemish regions. Sorry, I had to throw in the Saison okay. reference.
2: I know. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I wasn't into beer then. So. <laughs> well,
1: blow off my... I'm trying to relate to your story.
2: I wasn't into beer.
1: You pronounced beer correctly the French way. Beer. Yeah. Beer. Beer. Yeah. Beer. yeah. <laughs> B-I-E-R-E beer. with an accent. A grave. <laughs> Go ahead. See, I remembered something from French class. Good job. She's like, shut the fuck up so
2: I can finally tell my story. So we take this boat trip. Okay. I'm hungover. Lots
1: of boats and hoes.
2: You know me with boats. You were a hoe on that boat. <laughs> I was throwing up on that boat because seasickness. Was mixed...
1: Throwing up from being a hoe.
2: <laughs> no this
1: this sick wine is a dog to do a number on me
2: <laughs> sick as a dog okay hungover sick as a dog finally get to cons walk around i'm so hungover i can't fully fucking appreciate it and i'm so mad at myself
1: what a wonderful story you're sharing you don't even know what happened great story at the end
2: <laughs> no i'm so mad at myself because i'm never probably gonna get to go back
1: <sighs> not married to me or not <laughs>
2: But now me going there with all the food (laughs) and all the movies. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: When are you going to start talking about cans?
2: (laughs) Well, the point I'm trying to make is that watching this movie, the last horror film, it looked the same from 1981 as it did in 2000. So
1: in 20 years, it didn't change, is what it you're saying? It did not change. Do you remember any actual, like, um, like oh, basically, like, any kind of sightseeing stuff?
2: Like, we went to the beaches. We went to the promenade. <laughs> we,
1: well, we know that.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. We went to the- Again,
1: Carrie, what about cans? <laughs> Everything you're skirting around. <laughs>
2: we- is there a
1: fifth story in cans that you're not telling us, Carrie?
2: We did the promenade.
1: Did a lot more than that. <laughs> Giggity.
2: We really didn't spend... The tour that we took didn't allow us much time to spend there. Gotcha. So, unfortunately, I didn't get cool to see story, as Ken. much as I wanted to, and I didn't Here's really a story, appreciate it. Here's story, dear
1: listener, about cans. I've got nothing to tell you.
2: <laughs> I was fucking drunk out of my mind and sick.
1: No, but, like, did they did they say, like, this is where they judge the films? This is where the films are shown? Wait, I mean,
2: you know going into cons that this is where the film festival is. You
1: said cons. Is it cans or cons?
2: Oh, God damn it.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Where did that four years plus college get you? Mm. <laughs> I don't know.
2: <laughs> le, le cons, I think, would be the French, I don't know, pronunciation.
1: <laughs> okay. No takeaways from cons. Just everything but cons in our I'm con sorry. story. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I told you. Le Jesus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> never
1: mind. Don't fucking say never mind on this horror pod. You got to spill it.
2: I'm not sure it would have been le Jesus.
1: <laughs> Isn't that just the Jesus? <laughs> what is it? I don't fucking remember French. <laughs>
2: wouldn't it never mind just never mind <laughs> just never mind <laughs> does, what was, it, does it have
1: something to do with the current geopolitical climate and that's why you're not saying it maybe probably for the best
2: what what was your french name by the way that you were assigned
1: mr thick <laughs> 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 in the best french accent Mr. Fick, Monsieur
2: Fick. <laughs> Are we in an Agatha Christie movie now?
1: What the fuck has Agatha Christie have to do with my lewd nickname?
2: <laughs> well, Monsieur, oh my God, Monsieur Perrault is Belgian, so. I don't know what that means. <laughs> No, it was Agatha Christie fans will know what that is
1: somebody took my French name in French class So I took a shortened version of that name
2: How could somebody take your French name because
1: they you went around the room and said your name? So I had to have a backup name.
2: Wait, you got to choose names. Yes
1: Yeah Outside of Johnstown, Pennsylvania, you get to do things (laughs) like choose your French class name
2: We were assigned based based off our name fucking
1: sucks. Meanwhile, she's complaining about that, even though she knows more about the French language than I do. I look over her saying, like, yeah, I got to pick my fucking French name. And you're like, oh, but uh, blah, 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 blah. Look at all this shit I know and history. And I know nothing (laughs) because I fucking hated it. And why my two older sisters convinced me to take French, I will never know. Why I listen to them, I try not to anymore. (laughs) So... Anyways. Well, I know
2: why I took French.
1: Any other things not about cans? (laughs) You utterly... What's the French word for failed or fucked up? Because that's what just happened to your can story.
2: I actually know the French word for fuck.
1: Okay, what is it? Fermé. I thought that was shut.
2: No.
1: Yeah, Fermé la bouche, shut your mouth. So there you go.
2: Oh, I thought that was "fuck you."
1: Nope, Fermé. La... Wow, I know something you don't. <gasps> wow. See, we're gonna end the episode right here, where I'm on top and Carrie loses. <laughs> <Ubra> la libra. <laughs> Open your book. Hey guys, that does it for Horror etc. Sorry, we had no story about cans. We had stories about small old man French penises. And Carrie being drunk. Love you guys. <laughs> See you next week for the town the dreaded sundown.
2: Peace out. The Texarkana
1: phantom killer would never be caught dead in the French Riviera.
2: <laughs> Love or you guys. Maybe they should. Peace out. Peace out.
1: I stole your line. Okay, now bye for real.